Hi, welcome to my podcast, Articulate. My name is Divya Sharma, and I have started this podcast to bring together students of art from all over the world to create a community by talking to them about their backgrounds, their art practice, their inspirations, and experiences. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to Noor uh, Abdul Salam, and he is based in um, Lebanon. And he is a textile artist, but he's got a lot more uh, to say about his practice. Um, I had come across uh, his work in his um, degree show in Chelsea, and I was really impressed with his um, creations. And uh, therefore, I wanted him to be a guest on my podcast. So let's go ahead and speak to Noor. Hi, Noor. How are you? Hi, Lydia. How are you? Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my podcast. Uh, thank you. It's a very nice opportunity, actually. Yeah. And to be honest, it's I think it's one of the best compliments when you tell a designer that you still remember their projects. Like, of like course. Like it's been years. Yes, yes, I know. I do remember that brief conversation and I was so glad that I found you on Instagram again. And how are you doing now these days? Uh, good. So, like, so far, so good. Uh, trying to do the most of the quarantine, yeah. staying home. Yeah. Uh, being so, careful. Yeah, I know, I know. So you say uh, you are at home at the moment in uh, Lebanon. So um, yes. let's uh, dive in and basically talk about yourself and, uh, um, you know, where exactly you come from and what you did. So why don't you let our listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Lebanese and I live in a, a village uh, in Mount Lebanon. So I'm a bit lucky now since we have the gardens outside so we can go out yeah. for a bit. For a bit. Um, I did my BA in interior architecture in Alba University in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And then I did my uh, graduate diploma in interior and spatial design at Chelsea College of Arts. Right. And after that, I did my MA in textile design at Chelsea as well. I know, that's amazing. So before we go into detail, so tell us um, a little more about um, your village and your surroundings and how far it is from the, the, the city. A little bit more about um, contextualizing uh, your uh, you know, surroundings where you, because right now, you know, nobody can travel and um, this way, at least we can imagine, even if we don't get to travel to these wonderful places. So what is your village called and how far is it from the main city, etc.? So it's uh, an hour, like nearly an hour drive with traffic from the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lebanon is a very small country. So uh, even when I say a village, it's like only not that far from the city, mm-hmm. from Beirut. Um, and so, even when I say like it is a village, but like it's not like very primitive. So yeah. we're like we became like small cities actually. So so why so, do you call it a village then? Is it uh, a small community that is um, everybody knows each other and exactly yeah mm-hmm. exactly. So everyone knows each other and uh, sort of uh, uh, like. Everybody knows everyone around them, so uh, it have the social interactions as well, like involved. Right. So, um, how is the um, art scene? There is it. Um, 
do you have like artists in the family or are you the first person who to get into this kind of creative enterprise or career oh wow um <laughs> i think i got it from my mom's side right. because uh, it runs through their family to create like creativity and all this but nobody actually uh, studied it or worked on it yeah so my mom used to paint mm -hmm. uh, when she was younger right uh, so she used to do oil painting and uh, uh, glass painting as right, well right right Uh, so yeah, I think I get it. I get it from her. Fantastic. I think. <laughs> so, um, so what did you? You said that you did your um, interior architecture from uh, Beirut. So, is how different is it from the architecture course? Why is it called interior architecture? Is it just um, like architecture but different, or um, is it a combination? It is actually. So uh, we basically deal with everything. Mm -hmm. um, except the exterior walls and like the main pillars right and everything that might actually affect the building the outside of the building or the way it looks so uh, is, the, is it the aesthetics of the building rather than the actual um uh, construction of it exactly yeah so the outer shape of the building is uh, something that we can't really modify or even the pillars or anything so uh, Everything that's closed area, uh, it's a place where actually uh, we can work. Or... Right. So, um, and that followed uh, interior, um, what was it that you did in Chelsea again for the graduate? So I did, uh, yeah, I did my graduate diploma in interior and spatial design. Right. So, yeah. So it was a natural progression from your uh, interior architecture course, I guess. It was. Uh, I first applied for my MA mm -hmm. to do my MA in interior design. Right. But then uh, they thought it would be a nice uh, shift from the French system because my college was French mm -hmm. here in Lebanon. Um, and get to know a little bit the, res the research, how things are done there. Um, so yeah, they thought it would be interesting if I do first a course to prepare myself before doing my MA. So then, once you finished that, you decided to change tack and go into textiles. How did that happen? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was doing my graduate diploma, and then uh, I realized something, that during my BA, uh, my final year project was actually about fashion and uh, fat recycled fashion shops. So, and then my graduate diploma, my final year project, was about uh, stitching and sewing as a therapeutic think uh, how it can actually affect the society and enhance somebody's uh, mental health in some way right uh, then uh, i decided when i finished because every time i used to stress i used to go stitch during my graduate diploma right and i thought that actually i'm i'm very interested to know more about textiles and that's why how i ended up applying for my textile course and i was a bit surprised to get in to be honest because mm -hmm. i had nothing to do with it. I didn't know much about textiles. I didn't know what, what I was going to actually work with. So tell, uh, us, uh, tell us about the interview process and how did you create a portfolio for it if you didn't have anything to show in terms of um, the course that you wanted to do? Uh, what's really interesting is that everything that I worked on, which I thought they were out of 
they were not related for my graduate diploma when mm. I applied or when I was working on my projects during the NHV design. Um, and even my teachers thought that they were out of subject and mm. they're uh, not related. Uh, they were the projects and the small samples that actually let me in to do my MA. Right, okay. Um, so, it's a, this is a good um, opportunity to talk about your practice in general, considering you have such a varied, um, you know, set of skills. So, how would you describe it um, at the moment? When do you kind of integrate your um, skills from your, you know, interior architecture, spatial design, and uh, textiles? Is there? Do you see some kind of uh, link between the three? Definitely, I do. I think when it comes to design. Uh, it's really hard to separate different uh, areas of work. So uh, it's very, I think it's even, it's easy and interesting. Not always easy, actually. Uh, but you get a very interesting outcome when you actually can actually uh, just uh, do cross-disciplinary uh, work. Yeah. So uh, you can use things that you normally won't use with textiles, use them in interior and vice versa or... Yeah. Uh, and it makes you think a little bit outside the box. So mm-hmm. I remember when I was doing my MA, uh, people, students who already studied textiles or fashion, they had already a sort of system that they were working on. Well, I'm uh, what, a bit discovering my own system. And sometimes it involves uh, materials that they would never th- saw before or they don't even know about. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, techniques that... I, it might be useful for interiors and furniture, uh, furniture design, but they Amazing. didn't know that it actually might be used for uh, textiles as well. Yeah, so you can make it really sculptural. You can make it, um, although it's a garment, but you, it can uh, remind somebody of, of so many other things than just a garment or something that is functional, isn't it? Exactly. So uh, it's sort of... In the end, we have to experiment. I think that's also, like, artists do that, designers do that. So in order to get to the result that you actually want, you have to invest time and a little bit of effort. And it's fine if in the end you don't get what you're really expecting. And I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, when you do uh, your sculptures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, I'm always like intrigued by this um, terminology about being an artist versus being a designer. Do you see uh, there being a difference or is it all part of the same um, process and um, uh, is it part of the same genre, do you think, being uh, being a designer versus being an artist? I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of fits in... A very big category when it comes to creativity and uh, research. Yeah. Um, in the end, it's not like math or science. It's something that's it have a little bit of subject, subjectivity, but at the same time, uh, it talks to people and it have something that uh, maybe cult, uh, it have a trace to the culture or identity of a person or a group of people. Yeah. In both cases, if it was design or uh, art. But However. Sorry, you're saying. No, I, w- I was just thinking maybe design has a functional um, ring yes, to it. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say that. Uh, so design has this more functional aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. 
which I personally like. Mm-hmm. But designers, I really think that artists provide a certain inspiration for designers and yeah. their work. Uh, and I find lots of inspiration in artists' work as well. So I can I can see that. So um, do you look for inspiration from other art uh, no artists or um garment designers or like you know you have like an alexander mcqueen who kind of i think uh, was a good mix of uh, using art history and using his um knowledge of art with his uh, garment design do you do some do you even look at some of those um pieces of work that yeah. he's done mm. i don't think i'm Personally, I don't limit myself to uh, when it comes to inspirations. So mm-hmm. it might be anything. It could be even not. Uh, the thing about artists and designers that there is already a research, and you can see that there were there is a sort of uh, it's something that's already processed, basically. However, sometimes you can get inspiration uh, from well, I get inspiration from things that are much more simpler. Like it might be going to the fish market, and then I decided to use the scales for my jacket. Right. It might be going with my dad to his company and then realize that I can use marble to do my jacket. Right, right. Uh, and then just trying to experiment with them and see how things work. And it's definitely also about combining knowledge. Like, for example, when I was doing the marble jacket, the marble denim jacket, so uh, I had to use my... My dad helped me to uh, work with his everything he knew to make the marble as thin as possible so I can use it on the jacket. So, sorry, uh, your dad, dad's business is in marble? Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. Mm. It is marble. Right. So, um, what you're saying is that you kind of used um, um, the available um, materials that was around you and you kind of incorporated that into your work. And at the moment, this happened to be marble, which is quite, um, I think it's quite an exotic um, uh, material in in the sense that, you know, you could have marble from different parts of the world. So do you have, do you quarry for marble from the local um, mines or do you get marble from outside or did you even have a, do a research about different kinds of marble that you could use or did you just uh, use whatever was available? So uh, uh, we actually had to experiment with them because mm-hmm. with it because not all marble can get to very thin layers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he was doing that, and then he told me which ones could actually work, and then I had to see what to do with them and how can I invest uh, this thing, whatever we have into an item in the end. So uh, explain the whole. Um process how did you cut the marble what was the shape of it and how did you incorporate it into your into your jacket uh so in the beginning it was like big slabs of marble mm-hmm. and then uh, it was cut into very thin like squares right and then polished until it became very thin how thin did you uh, make it like uh, it became like uh, two millimeters wow okay so we were at, we were able to get to one millimeter or one point five millimeters. So it's uh, really brittle. It can break quite easily, isn't it? At that uh, size. Yes. Yeah. So that's why we had to experiment to make sure that uh, we get all the like, we don't get lots of weight at the same time. The marble holds itself. Mm-hmm. It won't break. Uh, but the whole project was more about uh, bonding 
if I can say that, mm-hmm. me and my dad, because uh, he, he wasn't really into the whole stitching and uh, textile thing. You're and being a, a artist, okay. Yes, and he wanted me more uh, to be like a businessman or an architect. So it's sort of, he was excited to see that product because it included what he's working with. Wow. So I think that was the most important thing. It was much more important than the design, actually. Fantastic. So um, what you're saying here is that uh, your um, practice kind of in has a larger purpose. Do you say that in terms of... Um, what would you say that your um, goal is when you um, with your practice? What is it that your overall um, overarching um, ambition is in terms of what is it that you're looking at? Is it that you want to um, improve, um, you know, I, just to talk about what you want to do with your practice in terms of the philosophy behind it? Uh, okay, so uh, what I really like, the thing that I'm trying to do through my work is yeah. actually to present, I'm not, I would say it like I'm, I really, I know it already that I don't think my garments are the most, most comfortable garments right. or or my designs are the most like one of a kind designs, but what's nice about them is sort of it invites people to actually appreciate uh, being unique. Yeah. And uh, I think they do stand out in different ways. And it's sort of a way like, uh, it's the best thing for me if it can at least make people think that being weird is okay. Okay. And I think the weirder the better, isn't it? weird in its own way. The weirder uh, the better, isn't it? Sorry? It's the weirder the better, mostly for... Exactly, yeah. yeah. And... It's, this is what makes people special, actually. And we need to appreciate that. But uh, in some ways, societies and culture and even shops, they want to put, like, they set these standards where everybody has to fit in these standards. Yeah. And uh, if we don't, then we feel bad or we don't feel like we actually belong. Yeah, yeah. And in sort of way, we all want to fit in. Uh, so I thought about it like at least if it can make people think about this and that would be great. And there's another thing that I try to work on is that I use whatever is available around me. Yeah. So uh, which also relates to my uh, sustainability practice a little bit. Right. So I try as much as possible to use all the ways that I can use uh, not to buy things if I can, if I can avoid buying things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it works like using other stuff uh, and not in their original purpose and it, uh, it might turn out very interesting in the end. Right. Um, or uh, I would turn out to natural materials sometimes as well. So um, talk about the other creations that you've done. I know that you did a wonderful um, denim jacket with different kinds of uh, uh, denim material. So why don't you explain that project to us? Oh, yeah. Uh, that project, I did it, I started it before the whole corona right. thing. But uh, I was working on it throughout, like, during my quarantine. Right. And uh, since stitching is a sort of that I use, like, it's a method that I use to release myself. Like, 
I think during this quarantine, especially uh, young designers and artists are being have to, like you're in a point in your life where you think that you want to conquer the world, make change, uh, making make the world a better place, and then you look and you can't really go out the house, which yeah. is like a bit frustrating. Yeah. So, like everyone, I think I had all the positive and negative thoughts, uh, stressful moments, and then. Uh, so I found, in a sort of way, like stitching is a bit soothing, mm-hmm. and uh, it makes it gets you like a bit relieved in a sort of a way. So I came up with this idea of creating a jacket out of all the denim trousers that I can get from all my family members. Yeah. Um, so I collect like approximately nine denim trousers, and I all cut them into small pieces, and then I hand stitched them. Um, together creating uh, like a collage mm-hmm. yeah so it represents sort of a way like the highs and lows of all, all the moments that you go through during this quarantine um, negatives and positives yeah and then uh, I got to now 625 patches right uh, nearly and I'm just putting like the finishing touches on the jacket and uh, I should should be done soon hopefully yeah, that's amazing. I would, um, I think I'm going to share that picture on the um, Instagram along with this podcast. But oh wow! Yeah, so it's uh, it's amazing that it's like um, members of your own family's you know clothes. So you have like the DNA of everybody stitched into that garment, isn't it? Yeah, and sometimes like they ran they ran out of denim trousers, so I have to go to my cousins and ask them. Oh wow! I think that this 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 has a lot of potential in kind of kind of bringing the whole family together, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. So, um, you were talking about like uh, philosophy behind your thinking and uh, how you um, generate ideas. So. Uh, why don't you let us? You were talking about Plato, or um, and something about that. Why don't you explain it a bit more to us? Yeah, sure. So uh, my final degree project was uh, experiment. So basically, I tried to use old techniques and try to make them more modern. Right. Um, so I was experimenting with patchwork, and it's something that I'm still doing to now. Uh, I'm really interested in. Um, so I came up with this idea where instead of buying three or four different outfits, you can buy these patches and just put them the way that you want and you can readjust them in different ways. Yeah. Um, so for my final degree show, I did uh, an armored jacket, which uh, it's made of, all the patches are made of uh, garments that I bought from a charity shop. Okay. And I use bonding screws to uh, put them together, and it's really easy to put them together and take them off. Mm-hmm. So the jacket can become a dress, and then it can become a, um, a shirt, and you can wear them on both sides, so it's white and black as well. Right. Um, so it increased the life of the garments, basically. And the other piece was, uh, I called it the black dress, and uh, it's made of, it's, mon- it's about monomateriality, and it's possible... So it works on the idea of creating patches that are from one material and it's possible to throw the whole material to be recycled in the same way. Mm-hmm. So all these patches were made of polyester. Right. And uh, they were, each patch basically creates one of the elements of uh, one of the Plato's solids. 
Oh. Okay. And yeah, so basically, uh, in his philosophy, when he started describing the world, he said the world was made of smaller particles, mm-hmm. and the, the and the whole uh, diversity in the world is because of the different scales and sizes, and the different uh, particles that are combined together. So it works on this on this uh, idea about creating a garment out of small particles, and each one of these particles actually is each one of these patches can create these particles if they're close together. Wow. Okay. So, so I think uh, there is the uh, losange uh, uh, pyramid and then tetrahedron and the other one. So basically, all their uh, each side of it, each side of each one of them is a triangle, and then you have all these different elements made of triangles, which can combine together. And the same thing goes for the dress. So the dress can be a jacket, and then it can be a shirt. Um, and it provides also a three D uh, aspect to uh, patchwork, and uh, it's also like very flexible. You can tra- transform it, change it. Yeah. So it was like I've seen pictures. It's like wearing a piece of art, literally. It's like wearing a sculpture on yourself. So um, congratulations! That's a, I think that was a wonderful piece. And how do you, you. Un- generate um, uh, ideas for your projects generally? Is it through reading about philosophy? Is it like you said? It could be going to the market, to the um, something quite uh, mundane, or uh, it could be something quite intellectual. So, is it a combination, or do you have any favorite ways of um, generating ideas for future projects, for next projects? Uh. I don't really have a method that I work on, mm-hmm. so I'm. I think this is a bit also uh, stressful because like sometimes I want to come up with something new, but I don't know where to start from. Yeah. But it might be like uh, reading a book, and then like there is one sentence that triggers an idea, and then yeah. you start building on this idea, and then small things can add up together, and then uh, this small sentence becomes something much bigger. Yeah. Or it might be something that you see and then you just reflect on it. Or also it could be uh, built on personal experience. And I think uh, this is the most important thing as well because all designs sort of have... Um, it's sort of you're projecting yourself in the world and through your designs. Yeah, absolutely. And we're trying to change with our designs, basically. And that's why I thought that uh, your broadcast was an amazing idea because it just brings this... Whatever we're trying to say just to much more people and it shows the whole thought behind it and there is already like amazing people that you interviewed and uh, Thanks, their project Nate. was also amazing and knowing what's behind it this is the most important part as well Thanks I was thinking the reason why because with all this already like you know nationalism and populism everybody is kind of going back into their shells uh, and now with coronavirus it's becoming all the more so instead of being, um, instead of like getting everybody to cooperate, it's a world phenomenon. Everybody is going through the same thing. Instead of that, people are just, you know, um, trying to close borders. It's it's important, but it's also important to realize that as a as a race, we have to kind of bond together. It's like you know, countries and borders are just um, imaginary things, isn't it? Finally, it is, mm. but. If- to be honest, like at some point, I really thought that with the globalization and uh, 
like countries being open to money to one another yeah it's really nice because you can exchange knowledge yeah uh, but at some point you have like identities uh, and culture that are being lost in some sort of a way that's true because so yeah yeah so like you, you can sometimes see like it's okay to get affected by other cultures but not so much that you forget culture. yeah that you forget your own heritage exactly. language so i think it might be actually a good idea just to take a break and rebuilding identities maybe and then after all this will be done maybe we have other stuff to share like new things to share and i think what's really also interesting that uh i like each country uh, you can see that young people are coming up with new solutions for things and yeah. so in each country so um it's share a way of sharing knowledge actually after that so absolutely and of tolerance and of appreciating each other and respecting each other exactly that definitely so um uh, talking about identity and heritage how do you kind of uh, um represent your heritage and culture in your work or do you even try doing that in any way um i wouldn't say that i've tried to do it like in a very um deliberate way. way yeah but it was something that it was uh, throughout my work so uh, i tried i don't think that it actually uh, how can i say it i don't believe that my work reflects much of the society and cultures i was born to yeah. but uh, it would present a modern mutation to the society that around me yeah and it might actually uh talk to younger generations like when i say younger that might be like i mean my generation maybe yeah uh and youngers uh which i think like the world is changing uh there is a need for uh sometimes to thinking outside the script that is preset yeah and uh my whole practice i think is really interesting about it that it was based on something that is a little bit uh, a cultural thing you can say so my dad wanted me to be an architect i wanted to be a fashion designer so now i'm combining both yeah um so it's this uh, i think this clash is uh, is the result of the culture and the identity that uh, uh we live in and we want to we want to live in but in the same way we want to change a little bit in it That's great. So now that you are um in uh, at home, how do you manage to talk about your ideas? You can't like work in a vacuum. And ideally if you had a mentor or a tutor and you can like throw bounce ideas off them, then it's good for ideas development. But then in this case, how do you manage? Do you think um do you have like a mentor who you can talk to on a regular basis or do you keep in touch with your colleagues from college how do you um yeah so uh, uh i don't really think like it's nice to have a mentor uh but the problem is it that sometimes um the project loses identity because two people might have two different visions for the project and mm-hmm. then uh, there might be some clashes in the ideas um and sometimes you forget that it's your project right or whatever work that you're working on um and i think this is one of the things that i was struggling with when i when i was at in college mm 
Um, but every time I have like ideas and thoughts, so basically uh, I call my friends and then sometimes yeah my colleagues and then we talk about the ideas and we discuss them. And they might be something very yeah uh, philosophical if you want to say like something very vague, and then it might be something very specific as well. Um, and sometimes we end up making it more complicated and really interesting. And sometimes it's something that's just an idea that yeah, you get and then you forget it. So, um, are there any plans that were scuppered by the uh, lockdown? I, I know you were mentioning that there was an internship. Yeah, I was really excited for the internship. So mm. I was uh, supposed to start my internship in August. Mm. Um, I, I hope there's still hope for that. Yeah, I mean, I think it might even open up by then, don't you think? But yeah, I hope so. Mm. And it was uh, at Iris Van Herpen in Amsterdam. So it was like, uh, she's one of my uh, really like designers that I really like. Right. Uh, because she combines different uh, techniques and it have like her garments have this architectural element into them and that she captures movement. Okay. Um, so it's basically, it also shows a certain way to look outside the box and experiment. Um, so I thought it was a good opportunity to learn. And it was for a quite a long time, isn't it? For six months? Sorry? You yeah, it was for six months. Yeah, I uh, hope it so works out. about that. Yeah, I hope it works out. And um, so. yeah, and any other plans for the future? Any other um, travels coming up? Any other projects that you're thinking about? So I'm trying to start now. Uh, uh, me and my friends, we decided to start a sort of uh, small organization, or let's say a project, because it's still like in very early stages. So it's called "It All Starts with You," and. Um, mm-hmm. It's about raising awareness and self-awareness about the environment and sustainability and uh, making it a lot more simpler for people actually to know that a little bit small things can actually make the big difference. So and, uh, it's nothing to do with making um, garments or textiles. It is more like a generic awareness project. So it have different categories in it. So I think uh, uh, I think there's two others. So me and my friend were working on the fashion part of it. Oh, is it? Okay. So uh, we're just concentrating on the fashion part. So we're gonna start by now. Just get, we're still gathering information and planning it. Um, so it will start by raising awareness and self awareness, and then after that we gonna start by uh, uh, posting a few things that people can actually try to experiment with and see that these small things can actually make change, like lots of big differences, basically. Um, so when is it going to like start and when, when will it be available for, for people to see and um, um, is that going to, be, going to happen soon? So the website, I think, uh, is nearly done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also already an Insta page mm-hmm. for, uh, for it. Um, and uh, what's I, it I called it really starts soon. with you is it what is the name of it it starts with you yeah maybe we should um tag that along with your um instagram page so that people can uh have a look yes please yeah uh because uh, i think it's not sort of we're not leaving it for the big organizations to do the difference so i think it should be there should be an individual effort when it comes to to this uh yeah. to our future basically 
Great. Um, thanks a lot, uh, Noor. It was a real pleasure talking to you. And thanks for sharing your ideas and all the best for the future. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Thank you.